Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are turning our attention to the tight end room today, where the Browns have a ton of pressure on this group because I don't think it's any secret that they underperformed, and they're going to be expected to put up much better numbers next year. Now, if you, I should remind you, if you've missed pods leading up to this, we have done quarterback, running back, wide receiver. We have introduced some categories for each of these and have touched on them for the for the most recent two you know everything for the quarterback is Baker uh, as we will reference continually but running back wide receiver we introduced these so I wanted to talk about how they sort of tie into tight end today we're going to shift our attention there so collectively a pretty I think if you talk to the tight end group as a whole they'd say they need to perform better the leading Receiver of the group was Austin Hooper, who again, Austin missed three games when he had the issue with the surgery. I think it was his appendix that needed removed, something like that, I believe. Missed three games middle of the year. He goes 46 catches, 9.5 yards per reception, 435 yards, four touchdowns. David Njoku only gets 29 targets, 19 catches, 213 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Lastly... I think actually Harrison Bryant ended up with more because Bryant played in 15 games, and then Joku missed three games early in the season. So Bryant starts nine games, plays 15, 24 catches on 38 targets, 238 yards, three touchdowns, only a 9.9 average. Uh, Of guys playing a consistent pass-catching role, Harrison Bryant's 9.9 yards, uh, just a little bit more than Hooper's 9.5 yards per route. So the group did okay, uh, collectively fine. Again, for the big two missing time with injury. Also, we should miss Steve, mention Stephen Carlson on the roster. He ended up with a catch for 11 yards on the year. Those are your big four. Hooper, Njoku, Harrison Bryant, Stephen Carlson. They also have Jordan Franks. 6'4", 245 out of UCF, practice squad player. They signed Connor Davis, 6'8", 271 out of Stony Brook, small school guy. Both will be camp bodies. I do not see anyone cracking the top four. I do not have a great surprise. Again, we'll talk about that with Fred Greetham here in a bit. I do not have some great surprise on those. So if we look at wide receiver grades, I would say Austin Hooper had his worst year in a little while here. From just a pure pass catching standpoint he actually from from just catching the football the grade he had his best year in 2019 surprisingly enough hooper I, I'm, I'm a little mis, misguided here his 72.0 pass reception grade last year with seven drops mixed in bear in mind is his best mark in his career outside of last year it's the second highest grade he's had he had a 67.1 and 18 and in 2016, a 66.6 in his rookie year. So, you know, uh, this probably is who he is. He's had four seasons with an offensive grade in the 60s. 
He had a bust-out 2019 season where he went 78.3, 80.5 overall. If you're just looking at his pass reception grades, uh, pretty pretty consistently, like we said, in the 60s, his 787 yards last uh, in 2019, probably, like I said, career year at the right time going into free agency. The big question for Hooper he had 664 touchdowns the year before. Is that kind of who he is? 544 in 2017, 660 in 2018. Is that kind of high fives, low sixes who he is? And that 2019 was just a season where he had his most targets, most catches, that kind of thing. Maybe. The Browns need, for what they paid him, they need him to be a guy who can creep into the 6-700 mark again and really lead this group. So um, as far as blocking goes, I thought he was relatively fine his run blocking grade uh, kind of has been up and down he's asked to do some pretty tough things high 50s low 60s his first three years he kind of had a better run blocking year last year thought he was fine um, collectively uh, for both phases with pass game included but they need more out of Austin Hooper there's not a doubt in my mind Hooper knows that going into this year they need more David Njoku uh, coming off was a much better season than the one before. I mean, he has a 66.4 offensive grade in his rookie year, 66.3 in his second year. I thought his second year he really, in 2018, came along. Only played 99 snaps in 2019 due to the, I think it was a broken wrist or hand there, that Jets game in 19 that cost him most of his season. And then he dealt with some injuries and didn't play a ton. I mean, he played 461 snaps, but he didn't play as many as we were expecting. 70 point, but he does bounce back with his best overall grade, his pass blocking grade, 77.4 when he was asked to stay in on play action concepts, highest it's ever been, second best receiving grade season, 71.1 his rookie year, 67.6 last year, and then his, so he kind of creeped back up in the run blocking phase, so I think he's a pretty solid tight end, they have two really solid tight ends, these guys, good enough, can... David Njoku take the leap? Yeah, probably. He needs more targets. He's their most dangerous pass-catching threat at the tight end position from varying levels of the field. Go up and get the football. He can do those things. Definitely their most effective guy at that. But again, they didn't give him a ton of opportunities. Is that trust there this year? We'll see. Not entirely sure where they sit right now, but he'll have opportunities. I guarantee he gets more. As long as he stays healthy, he will get more opportunities. Harrison Bryant, a nice rookie season, had a ton of snaps early in the year. Really a ton of snaps in a lot of games. Only a few games where he saw 20 snaps. 21 snaps in week 6, 29 snaps in week 5. Every other game he had more, except for the wild card he only had 22. And he didn't play week 17. Wild card had 22 and divisional playoffs only had 13. So kind of got a little phased out there, but... Uh, run block was 61.2, one of the better of the three tight ends in that phase um, from just a sheer grade standpoint. 69.2 pass block grade. His reception grade wasn't great, 56.7. Not a very dynamic athlete with the football in his hands, but can can catch the football when he gets an opportunity to catch the football. He does, he does well enough. And a 59.4 overall grade. So receiving grades, if we're just looking at the Browns, collective uh receiving grades and we try to kind of narrow the scope down to tight end uh we're looking at hooper led the team in drops with seven 
three from David Njoku on the year. This is all pro football focus data, and Harrison Bryant had two. So, you know, double digits from the position group has to be better. Did not have a great yak season at the position. Now, that was spread out across the board. Harrison Bryant's two fumbles also didn't help their overall collective grade. But I think we can all agree that the potential's here. And Steven Carlson had a touchdown in 2019. I think he's a decent enough guy that if they need him in a wide receiver three role, something he can certainly do. So they have four guys, four able guys. But what they have to figure out in 2021, who's the long-term piece? The Hooper contract can be bent to if they don't want the player to be here long-term, they can they can get out of that potentially. I won't get into the finer details of that, but they have a way out if it's an abject disaster this year. He declines again. David Njoku, is he really the future of the tight end room? Is he the guy? Can he be the one that they give a second contract to and he really performs well? And he's still young. He's 24. Can he be that guy? He's got to prove to himself. He's got to prove not just for Cleveland, but for other teams. If he wants to get a decent contract in free agency, this year is so vital for him. Harrison Bryant, take those year two steps, get your blocking to be more consistent, you know, stop the fumbling issues that we saw late in the season. Obviously, that can't happen. Consistently catch the football. I thought he had a fine rookie season, nice goal line presence. So I like the tight end room. I think there's plenty to work with. Not much guessing going on with this collective group, but overall, strong, can make plays at varying levels of the field. But the future of it is a little bit murky. We're going to have to see how some things shake out this year. And really, what I will be drawn to is who they prioritize for snaps and targets. Because Hooper will get some. Does David creep closer to that? Is the injury thing the reason Harrison Bryant got a lot of snaps last year? Do they trust him a ton because they were using him all over the field? I'm going to talk with Fred Greetham about a point I'm going to make about potentially eliminating fullback for him because that's something he can do sort of as a hybrid role. So let's get over to that interview with Fred. We're going to talk a little more in depth about these tight ends, who we think fits these categories in camp, and, and kind of look at what our outlook is on them as a whole. Let's get over to that now. All right, welcoming in Fred Greetham. Pretty excited to have his voice on. He has already he has already done a look at the position, the tight end position, and what they have coming up this year. I, I do want to get some of these superlatives done as well, because I think they give us some more insights into what we think about the position group. So talk to me about which tight end on the roster you think Fred has the most pressure coming into this year. Well, I think that, um, you know, Austin Hooper was much, you know, a, a much ballyhooed, you know, free agent last year for the Browns and whether it was, you know, his fault or the offense's fault or whatever, I mean, he was perceived to really have, you know, an underachieving year. You know, I think he had 46 catches, 435 yards for four touchdowns. After coming off Pro Bowl years with the Falcons, where he had 71, 75 receptions, you know, for 660, 787 yards. And, and so, you know, when you're getting paid eight, eight, and a half million, something like that. I think that there's pressure on you to bounce back and have a bigger year. You know, he really only had about half the production that he had, you know, really uh, had in the previous times. And so I think, I think from that aspect, I would say it's on him. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a good answer. I think it's one of the two. You could you could make an argument for Najoku because he's got to prove himself for another contract, right? Like whether that's Cleveland or whether that's somewhere else, he's got a an immense amount of pressure to finally get some production on the board because the last two years he hasn't had production. Now, injuries, some role within the offense, all of that kind of stuff could be played into it. But I think David is going to have real genuine uh, in the back of his mind type of pressure about I have to do something. I have to, I have to put production on the board. So I go into contract talks again, whether Cleveland or someone else, he's got to have something to base that on. So a lot of pressure there, but I think Hooper's probably right to, to prove his worth uh, after seven drops last year, it was his metric number uh, from pro football focus. He has to clean all of that up. And there's a, there's a, a big amount of pressure to meet what his contract is worth. So he should be feeling it too. The breakout candidate, I'm curious on this one. I, I think I think I probably know your answer, but that's okay. I think we can talk about why he's a breakout candidate. Who do you have? Well, I mean, even with Njoku, I actually think he's going to have a big year. I think that for the reasons you know we mentioned, and I think he bought in this year, has got involved with the players. I think he you know realizes that if he has a big year, whether it's he stays with the Browns or he goes to be the top dog in free agency, you know, he can really have a big year, but I think, uh, you know, I think Harrison Bryant, you know, as a second year guy has a chance to take it to a next level last year, he really had a great training camp and then he, you know, played pretty well. And then he kind of hit the wall. And I, I almost think it was about the time when he fumbled, you know, a key fumble in a game, he just seemed to never recover from that. So I think that he has a good chance to break out this year. He does. It, it probably comes down to targets for him. If they're going to use David uh, a bit more, if they're going to use Austin a bit, a bit, there a bit more varying alignments for him. I think, I think Harrison Bryant will have opportunity. I think they'll use three tight ends still. I definitely could see too where you said David could could be like a re-breakout candidate. His first two years were trending in the right direction, obviously. And if you want to look at it from a re-breakout standpoint, there could be something there for him uh, to get back toward the 500, 600 yard mark. I just don't know how often they're going to, they don't throw for a high volume and tight ends are usually, and especially tight end splitting duties are a bit challenged to, to get enough target share to, to, to truly break out in an offense like this. So it's going to be it's going to be tough from a metric standpoint in the first place, but that doesn't mean you can't break out from a holistic standpoint, like how you block, 
how you perform in passing game, like the, the, you know, varying pass assignments, whether it's pass blocking, chipping, things like that. There's a complete player that can be formed there. So I think Njoku is an interesting one. If you're looking at who could maybe take a huge step, Harrison Bryant, definitely there. I just don't know about the target share. Is there anybody who has like a highlighted new role that you think they could go into this year? I have, an, I have a, a weird take on this, but I'm curious what yours is. Well, there's a couple different ones. You know, like I said, with Njoku, I really think that it starts with his mental attitude and buying in. And I think that, you know, the thing about this offense in general, you look at all the weapons and yet overall, they really, almost every one of them had an underachieving year, even at the wide receivers. You look at Landry, one of the worst years he's had in his career. And, you know, and, and even Hunt had down numbers, you know, compared and, and Chubb, you know, was out. He probably had the most online, but the tight ends, Hooper was down, Njoku was down, Bryant was down. I kind of think maybe a Steven Carlson, you know, could be a guy under the radar that breaks out. They've liked him. They've kept him around. And he really caught my eye when he made that tremendous play against the Steelers a couple years ago. And I just think, you know, he's the type of guy that, you know, they might say, well, we can move on from Njoku, let him go. And maybe Carlson can be, because he buys in, does everything he blocks, you know, and he can certainly catch the ball. And so he had one catch all last year. So I think this year he could, he could even maybe have a possible breakout year. I think when I, I kind of piggyback on your Harrison Bryant stuff earlier about a break, I think there could be a, a different sort of role for him. I think there's a world in which I don't think they keep a fullback. I thought that role became a little diminished by the end of the year. Andy Janovich playing less and less. I think they could look at the roster, think, hey, man, we really want to keep six wide receivers. We may want to keep an extra running back because we really want to keep Demetrius Felton on the roster. How do we do that? Well, you do that by letting somebody like Janovich walk and then using Harrison Bryant more in your backfield. And he did plenty of that already last year. But if you wanted to make him sort of your full-time hybrid fullback tight end you know, position player, because then there's, there's something to that. Um, you know, I think that you could, you could definitely fill that role by doing that for him, you know, putting him in the backfield more. And I don't know if that means he breaks out necessarily, but it is a part of a, what could be a highlighted new role if the situation calls for it. So I think that's one that I've had my eye on. If they get tight around number of guys, they want to keep, they want to keep four tight ends, six receivers, so on and so forth. I think Bryant could have a bigger role in those what looks like 21 personnel with two backs in the backfield kind of deal. Uh, I think he could he could have a little piece of that pie. So this one I, 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 is another one that's been interesting as we've tracked over the last two days. And end of the camp, uh, it gets down to the last leg of cuts, maybe a trade candidate that would make sense for somebody to come get. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the obvious one to me would mean Njoku with his final year of his contract. If they just get a feeling that there's no way he's going to be here next year, and we can we can do without him with a Stephen Carlson or even you know a Connor Davis, then then maybe they do that. But I, I've really got the vibe that they really you know are going for it this year, and and they'd be a better team with Njoku on it and. But I do think that to me, 
I mean, he's probably the top candidate because you don't have control of him really after this year. I wouldn't think they would try to trade a Hooper or a Brian who's kind of up and coming. And then the other guys aren't that marketable, Connor Davis, Jordan Franks, you know, or Steven Carlson. So I would guess Najoko would be, you know, if, if they just look at it and say, well, you know, we like it, but that's a luxury we can't afford. Yeah. Or maybe they think they don't have enough at another position, like defensive tackle, something like that, where they go through camp and they think, man, we really could use trading him for somebody like a Ronnie Harrison type of trade uh, or even a better player. Cause I think David, like you said, Fred is a good, he's a good player. I think they think he's all in, which I do too. You can, you can go use him though. If you really feel like you have one thing you need to improve, you have enough faith in Harrison, you have enough faith in, in uh, Stephen Carlson to handle the second and third tight end roles, but you could go get a better defensive tackle that you think is really going to make an impact this year. Or you think you want to go get maybe another corner because what you've seen from your cornerbacks, maybe Greedy's not as healthy as we expect or something. Uh, you could go get a defensive back of some variety or, you, you know, could get even crazier, but that's kind of where I think too. The only guy that makes sense, Steven Carlson would not be somebody someone would trade for because he could be a cut candidate. You could go get him that way. Um, and then Hooper's contract is just too difficult to, uh, to move. So um, yeah, I think we're both in agreement there. I think it's, I think it's quite obvious what the, uh, what the, what the move would be if they ended up trading somebody. I still, like you said, I don't think that's going to happen. Is there any, as we close Fred, is there any surprise 53 man decisions? Like you could see, Connor Davis or somebody, or do you think, I guess a surprise cut could from the other side, it could be a surprise cut where maybe they don't keep Steven Carlson. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know much about Connor Davis or Jordan Franks. I know Franks was injured, injured reserve on the practice squad, but this Connor Davis guy, you know, intrigues me six, eight, two seventy one. you know, he was on the jets practice squad all last year. You know, maybe they see him, maybe he could, you know, up in Steven Carlson and take the place there. Um, and as they're looking forward, you know, maybe life without Najoku, you know, trying to keep one of those guys around. I have him keeping four tight ends and one on the practice squad. And I have Connor Davis, that guy, but um, he would be probably just, if I'm just today without seeing anything, I would probably, you know, say he would have the chance to unend, upend, you know, somebody on the roster like Carlson. Makes sense to me. Not a ton of things that could happen with this group. I just, we talked about some, some differing things that could happen at the end of the wide receiver room, potentially wide receiver three. We talked about running back and maybe the third running back could change, but tight end seems like these four guys are pretty locked in. They could make a decision to keep three tight ends, but I just don't think that's going to necessarily happen. So these categories, I, like, I think we're – go ahead, Fred. Yeah, I like the idea that you had with the fullback because, I mean, I'm not – no no, no disparage to Andy Janovich, but there was games towards the end he was getting four snaps, you know, and yeah. I'm like, why do you have a guy like that when you have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, even as a decoy out there, I think – either of them can block for each other and, and the defense has to account. They don't have to account for Janovich because they know he's just blocking, but you have Hunt out there. Even if you put him in motion, they have to send a guy with him or the same way with Chubb. And, and you got the H back 
you like the tight ends, just move Carlson, move Bryant, Najoku, whatever back there, and you can do those things. So, yeah, I, I think that's realistic, you know, chance of happening. I do too. It's just a way to better maximize a roster spot. Now, if they think Janovich is an invaluable member of special teams, I guess that's possible. Uh, I just didn't get that vibe. I think he's, I mean, I, again, like you said, not to disparage him, I think he's a fine football player, but it comes down to how much are you spending, you know, how much are you using that player? You know, like he's just kind of on the right, and, and he's just not using a fullback a ton. And if you can get to maybe 10 to 15 snaps a game, I think you could maybe start to justify it, but it gets a little a little tricky. So if you could see one of those tight ends taking those five to seven snaps, which again, Harrison Bryant did some of that. So I think that the the way to save a roster spot, if you get to the point where you're like, man, we like Dearness Johnson, we feel comfortable with him, but we really want to keep Felton too because we know he's not going to make the practice squad. Or, you know, you don't you don't want to cut a six receiver. You don't want to cut whoever that guy is. Kadero Hodge could be your six receiver. We don't want to move on from him, or we don't want to cut Stephen Carlson because we need four tight ends all the time. And it just you you run into a pinch somewhere else. To me, it just seems like fullback. I like Janovich again, really do, but I I think you could make it work in another form or fashion there without without losing too much of your what makes your offense good. So a, a, a little bit of a luxury player. This is fun, Fred. I appreciate it, man. And guys, make sure you're checking out all of his. He does it every week, Monday, Thursday. He's been looking through all the different positions. Still has some more to come. What do we have coming up? This uh, We have one, uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday, it's already out on the OBR. What is that one? Yeah, it'll be looking back at last year's cornerbacks. It's a free story, um, you know, on, on what they went through in the cornerback position. And then on Monday, we'll have a look ahead, what we anticipate, you know, the players this year. But, yeah, that'll be the cornerback um, coming out Thursday. And we still don't know, Fred. What the heck's going on in Berea? We don't know when the dates are or the coverage is going to be. A, we'll let you guys know when we know, but this is a little weird, right? It's insane. I mean, we're within two weeks, and I cannot remember not at least even getting credential requests. We haven't even got saying, hey, are you guys going to, if you're going to go to training camp, you have to apply. Usually that's at least, I think, a month before it starts. I and know. here we're like, 12 to 13 days. So uh, I don't know if they're just not totally sure what's going on yet. I know I'm with you. It's strange. We, we, the second we know at the OBR, the second you guys will know, I'm sure the Browns will put it out first, but if we get something inside Fred or lane or whoever can pick up on something, we will pass that along to you as soon as we know. So Fred, thanks for taking time for us tonight, buddy. All right. Always a pleasure, Jake. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Fred for joining us. Thank you guys for following along. We're four position groups in. We'll turn to offensive line over the weekend. Uh, for now, we will uh, turn to a chalk talk session that will be released Friday. If you want to watch it live on the YouTube channel Thursday night, we're going to do a ton of pass game concepts. So we've talked about pass game with wide receivers, tight ends. We're going to continue to do so through chalk talk now where we teach you about some common route concepts that kind of stuff, so you can apply them to what you watch. Check that out. Reminder, the OBR is going to Twitch on the 26th of this month as training camp approaches. Check that out. Make sure you subscribe. The link is in the bio of this episode and every episode of late. Very easy to sign up. We have articles on the website explaining how to sign up. You should do so. Way more interactive platform. I think you guys will love it. Thanks for joining us today. Again, Chalk Talk tomorrow. 
and offensive line outlook over the weekend. So make sure you're checking those things out. We appreciate you guys very much for listening. Spread the word on this podcast. Keep downloading. Make sure you subscribe to it. I appreciate you. And as usual, go Browns. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.